talking for the last little bit about a, a topic that initially will sound like I'm being um, a downer here, but uh, I, I'm very excited about it, actually, as I've been studying about it. Um, and I only got studying about this because of what I was seeing around me, and the word is loneliness. Um, there's an incredible scenario of loneliness in the world right now. I was doing some studying, and there's, the, there's a major concern in our healthcare system that they are concerned that in the near future, that the number one expense to our healthcare system will be loneliness-related issues. It's an amazing statistic to say, to say that sort of thing. But you sit in a world right now where we do not connect. You know, you have a church that you connect with. Um, but if you go into the regular world, like I know when I moved into Cayuga back in the early 70s, um, there was a lot of connection. Just in the community in general. I'm not even talking the church here. I'm just talking the community in general. There was a vibrant Kinsman Club. There was vibrant Lions Club, vibrant Lionels Club, and all these different groups that were involved in the community. And there was connection in the community. And people communicated together, and they connected. We're right now in Cuga. We have a Kinsman Club. I think they have six members. Um, the Lions and the Lioness have disbanded. Uh, there's a new club just starting up with a few members. But... There's not that connection anymore. There's different groups. From when I was studying it, there's different groups. There's groups that are actually alienated from people, and they say they're okay. Then there's this group of people that are actually interacting with people, but they say we're lonely. And there's couples that are lonely as a couple for other couples. You mean, so they don't have relationships outside of their own couple relationship. They, one of the reports stated that uh, they figured that loneliness is a trigger as is, um, if we're hungry, it means we need to eat. If we have pain, that means we need to deal with something. And loneliness, they were saying in this one uh, report, that loneliness is a trigger to tell us to get back to community. It's funny how these people... Now, these are not Christian people writing these things. Um, they're searching. Somehow, they start seeing... I mean, God ain't so bad after all. The sad part is that a lot of people, to cover up loneliness, are taking a pill. I'm not talking about a pill here. I'm, I'm, uh, when, we, when I have a headache, I pop a Tylenol. My real problem is, in my case, is I didn't drink enough water. I'm dehydrated in most cases. That's why I have a headache. But I take a Tylenol. It masks the problem. It doesn't solve the problem. I should have just drank a whole bunch more. With loneliness, the pill that they take is get busier. One of the number one pills that people take is get busier in life to cover up the real problem. Right in the beginning of the Bible, in Genesis 2, it says, and the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. So as Christians, 
We should have the answer. Sad part is, in the church, there's a lot of loneliness too. In John 15, verse 15, it says, No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. So, we get to be called friends because we know what the Father has for us. But how do we get to know this? First of all, we got to take it seriously. We sit here on a Sunday morning, we go home, and I don't know whether all of you have devotion times with, you mean, uh, get into the Word or whatever, but do we take it seriously? Because it says in Psalm 25, it says, the friendship of the Lord is for those who fear Him. And I'm going to take a real random um, definition of fear Him, and I'm going to say those who take him seriously. There's many different, so if you want to judge that, you can, but not this morning, please. So, but we'll, we'll take it that we just take him seriously. Friendship with the Lord is for those who take him seriously. And friendship is based on knowing him. Two things. Take him seriously and get to know him. Important because we've got this epidemic in our world that of loneliness, and we have an answer in the church, and we have to understand how to portray that answer to the world. Because if we don't even know how to portray it, we first have to know how to, how to, how to make it a part of us. So we have to get to know him, and we have to take it seriously. How do we get to know him? In uh, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9 to 12, it says, But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man ignored, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. How do we get to know him? We have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit... This is, this is the most bizarre, and I'm going to use a term that I know I'm not supposed to use, religion in the world. That we get to know the depths of the almighty God that created us. Now I'm going to go back to the other thing we need to have, is take it seriously. Do you understand? He's got something so amazingly incredible for you. And his depths of what he wants for you, his heart, his gut feeling, he wants you to know it. But he wants you to take it seriously. Are you willing to take it seriously? Here's the problem. When you start to get to know what he wants for you, it'll scare the living willies out of you. I'm almost scared to ask him anymore. Okay, God, I'm just going to take a break from reading the word for a little while because I don't really want to know what you want to tell me. And, I, and honestly, if that doesn't relate to you, then you're not taking him seriously. I, honestly? Because if you take him seriously, what he wants for you 
will scare the living daylights out of you. Because our understanding of this world is pretty minute. And what he has for us is pretty amazing. So you know what? I sat on a tractor 20 years ago. That was my, my quiet time. I had somebody ask me this week, you mean you even cut your own grass? I thought, like, yeah, I'm allowed to cut my own grass. They thought it was strange that I cut my own grass. I'm just a normal guy. I like my tractor, and I like to sit on my tractor and cut my grass. And it gives me a time to just think and ponder what the Lord's speaking to me. It's noisy enough. If you see it, you'll understand that I don't pay a lot of attention. Every panel on it is busted now. So I, um, 20 years ago, I was on my tractor. And I'm frustrated because I'm in business. And if any of you who are in business, people ask for money a lot. And um, I was a little frustrated because the amount of people asking me for money was escalating at a fast pace. And I said, God, I don't know how to... I don't know how to say no to people, which is a real problem because you can go broke that way. And I, I, I just don't know what to do. And so I sat on the tractor and he gave me a vision about a bunch of adults riding tricycles. Now, you know what? You guys know what that event is. For some of you, you know what that event is. We do a tricycle race, right? Do you know what? That could scare the living willies out of you. You've got to organize this whole thing now, you say, well, that's not really spiritual. It is spiritual. You know what? Cuga, the four churches in Cuga didn't hardly talk to each other. They serve all the food together now. That may not be a big thing to you, but to me, that's a massive thing. It's a massive thing where the community came together and the walls that were built broke down. But are you willing to do it? It says in Proverbs 3, verse 5, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding because if you lean on your own understanding, you aren't going to do it. And what we're talking about is loneliness. Here's where it comes. Trust. Patrick Lencioni, has anybody ever read a Patrick Lencioni book? He's a, a leadership uh, uh, speaker, phenomenal guy, loves the Lord, um, speaks from a secular venue, um, said trust should be put with two words, vulnerable trust. Do you know what? Mark asked me to come here. This is kind of stupid. Because I could go to my own, I would have been speaking at our own church because this is my week to speak at our own church. Um, and uh, they happened to have a guest speaker, which worked out really well. Um, but I could have spoke there, and I know those people. I know Alice, of course, but I know those people, and I'm comfortable. I mean, I'm there. I come here. I don't know you. You're glaring at me. Some of you are sleeping, whatever. Um, and here I am. I'm putting myself in a vulnerable position. Do you agree with that? Don't nod so much. You're scaring me. <laughs> yeah, I don't, there was no right answer to that question. But anyways, we put ourselves in vulnerable positions. Because we trust what he's leading us to. Do you trust him enough when you get and allow the spirit to speak to you? Do you trust him enough 
to act on what he's speaking to you. That's vulnerable. Are you willing, are you willing to go out of that comfort zone that you're in and pray for that person that's in the grocery line at the store? Because you feel the Spirit is leading you to pray for that person. Are you willing to be vulnerable? Say, okay, well, that's what Patrick Lancioni said. Let's get back into the word again, right? Because that's him. That's not really the word. Do you know what? Not being willing to be vulnerable is sin. Okay, that's pretty harsh. You're a pretty happy group. I just put a damper on it. Here's where sin all happened. Genesis 3, verse 10. Adam had just screwed up. And what happened? Here's what he said. I heard the sound of you. He heard the sound. Spirit speaking to us. I heard the sound of you. And what was he? I was afraid. I'll be honest with you. I hear the sound of him a lot. And I'm afraid. And because I was naked... Because I was vulnerable, because I was vulnerable, I hid myself and became alone. doesn't say it that way, but I hid myself. I became alone. Loneliness started in the Garden of Eden. And we're dealing with it today. I hid myself. Do you know what? It's easier to hide. I'll be honest with you, it would be easier for me to say to Mark, you know what, Mark, get somebody else. I'm a busy guy. I don't have to put myself in this vulnerable position where you're all clearly telling me that I'm in a vulnerable position by just sitting in front of you. But I don't need to do that. But sin puts us in that place. And God said, I want you to come to a place that you trust me, that when I speak to you with my spirit, I'm trying to tell you that I am willing to let you know my guts. That's what God's saying to us. I'm willing to let you know my guts and what I want for you. Every detail I want for you, I'm willing to tell you that. So when you listen to me tell you that, are you willing to then act on it? Oh, my goodness. I don't want to. I don't want to. Because he puts you out in a spot that is scary. Adam said it. I'm afraid. I heard you. I'm afraid because I'm vulnerable. And what did he do then? He became alone. Lonely. What do people do when they get lonely? They don't want to let people in. They wear masks. Now, the church is a good place for a mask. In uh, 2 Corinthians 6, here's Paul speaking to the Corinthian church. He says, we have spoken freely to you, Corinthians. Our heart is wide open. You're not restricted by us. 
but you are restricted in your own affections. In other words, here he's speaking to the church, and he's saying, we've made our hearts wide open to you. So Mark comes up here, and he opens his heart up wide to you, and he said, the only thing restricting you right now is your own affections. And what's your affections? Am I willing to be vulnerable when I hear that word? And take it and do it. I don't know if I'm willing to. And I'm saying it honestly because I'll tell you, I had a situation. Artemy had some friends over, non-Christian friends, and I felt I was supposed to pray for the people. And I didn't. It's too scary. Being totally honest, I didn't feel I was at that place in my relationship. So I said, nope, I'm not going to be vulnerable. That night, God seems to like 3 o'clock in the morning. 3 o'clock in the morning, I wake up in a full sweat. Sorry, God, I, I should have prayed for them. I I, I will tell Arda first thing in the morning to be accountable. I will tell her right away so that I'm at least accountable for what I did wrong. Okay, so first thing, 7.30, wake up, tell Arda. Okay, so Arda says, you have to then go pray for them. I'm not going to go up to their door and knock on their door. Hi, I got to pray for you. This is a non-Christian person. So I said, okay, I'll give God one more chance. And as much as we laugh about it, I agree with you, it's stupid, but as much as we laugh about it, the fact is, we don't do it, and we do the exact same deals with God. God gave us the perfect opportunities, and we make these deals with God and say, we're the good person. We screwed up. So I said, God, if you put them in my path again today, I'll pray for them. So I had to go to church. This was Sunday morning. I had to go to church, then right after that, I had a family do till about five or six at night. Then I was going to come home. Odds are pretty good in my favor. <laughs> if, you always, if you're going to do one of these deals, make the deal as tough for God as possible. <laughs> you don't want to be vulnerable. Five o'clock, we come back into Cuba. I had to go do something in town. Um... I'm there, I get a phone call from the couple. Hey, we're dropping our car off at your dealership for service for tomorrow, but I can't get the keys in the keyhole slot because I've got a whole map of what I want done on the car. I said, uh, and I'm not even thinking that I'd made this deal in the morning, right? I'm not even thinking about it. I said, oh, yeah, you know, I'm just across the street uh, doing something at the hardware store, so just come on and bring them to me, and I'll, I'll give them to the service department tomorrow morning. Click down the phone and think, oh, shoot. <laughs> so they came over. I said, can I talk to you for a few seconds? I said, you know what? My faith is my number one thing in my life. I said, I felt I needed to pray for you last night, and I didn't. And I said, I value our friendship. 
but I said, I don't value our friendship to the degree where I'll hide behind a mask. I said, do you mind if I pray for you? Oh, yeah, no, that's no problem. I said, no, I mean right now. Oh, well, well, yeah, I thought you were just going <laughs> to. Sure. And I prayed for him. No masks. What is that important for? Why is that so important? The world needs to see a person without a mask. The world is so full of masks. The world needs to see people who are willing to trust God to such a degree that we're vulnerable. Two sisters, whenever I say two sisters and it's in the Bible, you can, for you that are well-churched, you shut off a little bit because you've heard the story a million times. There's been 17 gazillion sermons done about these two sisters, Martha and Mary. Martha's the bad one, Mary's the good one, according to everybody, right? My mother's name was Martha, and I'm an offspring. So, um, Mary sat at Jesus' feet and listened to him. Martha, it said, was distracted with the busyness. And Jesus said to Mary, you've chosen the good portion And Martha, you're anxious and distracted. He wants to speak to you. There are things in your life that distract you. I have things that distract me. And we all have things that distract us. It could be, shoot, I hope my kid grows up okay. And that's the thing that consumes you. Or... I just want to get to this plateau with my money. And those are the things that consume me. But there's some, some stuff in your head that distracts you. And I'm saying to you that if we want to make a dent in loneliness in this world, stop being distracted and sit at Jesus' feet. There's a scripture... And I'm, uh, I asked them last night, and they were all stunned when I asked, so I, I don't know whether it's good or not. I, I, do any of you ever read the Message Bible? Okay, so it's okay. Because last night, they just, like, deer in the headlights, and they didn't know what to say to me. And so I said, didn't matter anyways. I was going to use it anyhow, so it didn't really matter. But I thought I'd ask first. But uh, there's a scripture in the, in the Message Bible, 2 Corinthians 4, verses 1 to 4. And if you were to go home and read anything, this is a great scripture to read out of the Message Bible because it basically covers all the things we just said here. It says, Since God has so generously let us in on what he is doing, so his Holy Spirit has let us in on everything that he's doing. He has got a heart for us. We're not about to throw up our hands and walk off the job just because we run into the occasional hard time. I try to do that a lot. A little bit of a tough situation, I want to run. We refuse to wear masks and play games. We don't maneuver and manipulate behind the scenes, and we don't twist God's word to suit ourselves. You know what? I, have, I know this book pretty well. I've been raised in a house where I was um, 
Yeah, I would say when I was younger, I was demanded to read this on a daily basis and demanded to be giving a report of what I read. I thank my parents for that, to be honest with you. I'm not telling you that's the way to raise your kids, but I'm saying it worked for me, okay? So I know the word very well. But I know the word so well that I can manipulate and twist it. Like, why would I throw pearls before the swine? God, they don't believe. Why would I do that? And we don't, uh, sorry, carry on. Everything we do and say out in the open, the whole truth on display. And here's what hit me. The biggest statement in this whole thing. You understand vulnerable trust. You understand that we have to take what he's teaching us seriously. So that those who want to. So that those who want to. Can see and judge for themselves. In the presence of God. Do you realize As we allow that vulnerable trust, as we learn what God has for us, and we walk in what he has for us, those strange, bizarre things that he asks us to do that we don't want to do because it puts us out on a limb, as we do those things, we allow those people to be in the presence of the Almighty God. And at that point, it says, they can judge for themselves as they want. I'll tell you, if we can do, if we can allow this lonely world to sit in the presence of the Almighty God, because we allow him to speak to us through his Holy Spirit and trust so vulnerably what he says to us and act on it, we allow them to be in the presence of God. Best evangelistic system you could ever ask for. Nothing better than to ask people to be in the presence of God. The world says we have an epidemic on our hands and that the effects of loneliness are going to task our healthcare system. God says... Allow the people of this world to sit in the presence of God. I'm going to speak to you, every one of you here. God's saying this to you. I'm going to speak to you from his word. From my word, he says, I'm going to speak to you. I'm going to bring life to you. And I'm going to speak to you to do certain things. I'm going to ask you, and you're going to have to trust me vulnerably. It is going to be a situation where you're going to think with your mind, with your reasoning, you're going to say, this is stupid, ridiculous, crazy. I'm nuts. Maybe you are. But when you do, you are allowing those around you to be in the presence of the Lord. Is that worth it? It's so incredibly worth it. I'm not always being obedient, I told you. I'm not the most obedient one in the world. Beauty is, he's so gracious. He loves you regardless whether you're the biggest screw-up in the world. 
That's me saying it, not him, okay? He probably doesn't call you that way. He still loves you. Got it? I'm done. (laughs) Can we pray? These guys do that here, yep. Dear Father, as we come before you this morning and we know that you want us to know your heart for us, You've allowed your Holy Spirit to teach us to know what your heart is for us and the amazing things that you have for us. I just pray that you would help us trust you so vulnerably. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your forgiveness. I thank you for the mercy that you show to us over and over again. And I just, we desire as a congregation here, we desire as a church as a whole that people would be able to sit in your presence and you've promised us from your word if we act in the way that you would have us go that the people will sit in your presence and I just pray Lord that you would allow people this week in our paths to sit in your presence I pray that this will be a turnaround in our society where loneliness wants to devastate but where you will have the victory We give you the glory and the honor and the praise for your word and how clear and concise it is to us. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.